0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Still talking about uh, the General Motors closures, their restructuring, which includes um, obviously the Oshawa operations. Uh, 2,500 there, 300, I guess, by the time you look, or 3,000, sorry, by the time you look at uh, non unionized employees as well, plus four plants uh, closing in the United States, which sort of takes, uh, I guess, makes us look at this in, in a different way, thinking that perhaps it was a Canada US thing. Uh, That being said, but how how does it affect uh, other industries? How does it affect our steel industry here in Hamilton? Let's bring in Marvin Ryder, of course, to Groot School of Business, McMaster University. He is with us now. Marvin, thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
1: Glad to be here, Scott.
0: So, Marvin, is this a turning point uh, in uh, Ontario, for Ontario, in regard to the auto industry?
1: Yeah, I wish I could, I wish I could give it to you in that term that somehow we're seeing a bigger trend going on here. I think this is much more about GM, uh, changing some strategies. And there, there, this, two things are behind this move and Oshawa. The first is a simple one, cost cutting. They're trying to save nearly six billion dollars. They're closing four plants in the United States, one in Canada and three in other parts of the world as a way to save money. And then the second thing that's uh, specific why that plant was chosen in Canada, let's say as opposed to the Cami factory in Ingersoll, was that we consumers are buying a slightly different kind of a vehicle. Uh, that plant in Oshawa makes a sedan, the Chevrolet Impala, and also the Cadillac XTS, just a nice car, a nice sedan-type car. But uh, at its heyday, they were producing a million a year there. This year, they'll be lucky to produce 100,000. We're just not buying standard cars. What we're buying at the moment are what are called crossover vehicles, kind of half of an SUV, half of a car. For older people, a little easier to get in and out of. You sit up a little differently. Also, if you've got family, you can take more stuff with you than you can in a regular sedan. And so they said, which of these plants don't we really have a plan for after December 2019? It's, it's Oshawa. I should also note quickly, Scott, I think what they're going to do is mothball the plant, not necessarily sell it, because they also indicated uh, they're thinking about the cars of the future, which are zero emission vehicles, could be electric, maybe hybrid, uh, but they don't have anything in the pipeline. They don't have anything for January 2020 at this point. So they're closing this, reducing costs. If when they have new models, uh, they need some capacity, they'll still have that plant to put it back, though the workers will not be sitting around being paid the wait.
0: So uh, I understand that this plant in General Motors was was high tech, it was new, it was nimble and allowed them to 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 you know put in various models yep. and such and change the template. So again, if it's such a productive line, why why not just put something else there? Yeah that's I mean that's
1: again a good question. More than half a billion dollars was invested in Oshawa over the last ten years. The traditional assembly line was replaced with what's known as a flexi construction system that allows you to take one unit out and still keep the line moving forward. Lots of robots, lots of computers. Now, it isn't able to convert on a dime to producing another model. You'd need to shut down for three to six months to reconfigure all those robots and the computers, what have you. But you could put something else in there. GM is just looking at its demand and saying, we just don't need that capacity at the moment. We don't have anything we want to put in there. Now, Jerry Diaz, in his uh, diatribe, if you will, to his, the union people, blamed Mexico for this. He said, you know, we need to slap tariffs on Mexican cars and stop bringing those into Canada, and that would keep it going. I don't, I don't see this as a tariff thing. The way GM does this is they make each plant specialists in a certain kind of car, and that's all they produce. In this case, Oshawa got dealt the cars that, of the future that nobody wanted.
0: Uh, we, we're getting mixed reaction on tariffs. Uh, we had one person say that this, this could be a, ha, have been a tipping point, but then at the end of the day, that still is just delaying the inevitable, is it not?
1: Well, a couple of things there. So first, just to clear the air, this has nothing to do with the tariffs on steel and aluminum. Yes, it's cost the car companies money. GM estimates more than a billion dollars so far. But that has to do with the steel. And and in fact, they get much of the steel for automobiles from DeFasco and Stelco. There is no tariff when you sell to somebody who's making the cars in the same country. So that's not it. Also, the question of threatened tariffs. Remember, Mr. Trump back in September was musing, musing about putting tariffs on automobiles. I think he's still musing about doing that. But this has nothing to do with that as well. Now, could we slap tariffs? Well, I suppose we could. But then they see that runs contrary to the agreement we're going to sign on Friday called the U.S.-Canada-Mexico Free Trade Agreement. You don't sign a free trade agreement the same day you slap tariffs on somebody else. So I just don't think that's the right thing. Um, I've also had people say, well, we're going to keep the plant open. We're going to make them make cars. You really can't do that. If there's no market for the cars you produce, you don't make them, put them in inventory and let them sit and rust. You've got to sell the right vehicles. So this is what Mary Barra has come up with. And, and since this is just one of eight plants, this is not an anti-Canadian thing, this is really about a global change in strategy for GM.
0: Uh, again, can you elaborate on how this may or may not affect the Hamilton steel industry? And we, off, we often hear that the next generation that comes in is, is even more uh, high-tech and therefore uh, we are in good standing for that sort of production.
1: Yeah, so let's come at this a couple of ways. So right now, as of December 31st, 2019, is that going to have an impact immediately on Hamilton? The answer is yes. Um, DeFasco and Stelco do sell steel to uh, General Motors, and obviously you take 100,000 cars, you're not going to need as much of it. But the handwriting was on the wall. As I say, a few years ago, they produced a million cars. Earlier this year, they went from two shifts a day to one. The plant can operate three shifts a day. So these, These steel companies had been seeing that demand from that plant going down as it was. It isn't the biggest shock and it really was a relatively small demand. It's not going to have, that's not going to have a big impact on us. The question is, and I think this is what you're raising, if GM is going to these zero emission electric vehicles, what is the role of steel in those vehicles? One of the ways that you make those vehicles work is by using lightweight materials. That leads you automatically to think of aluminum rather than steel and plastic rather than any kind of metal at all. However, uh, Hamilton, again, is well-positioned, thanks to McMaster. We have a, a whole automotive steel research center they're looking at new forms of steel, what they call ultra lightweight, but very strong steel. And I think what our steel companies are doing is they're getting in with GM on the research side of it as they are developing these vehicles and making sure the kinds of products we make here can still be included in those no v- new vehicles. Granted, there probably won't be as much steel today as there was in the 1960s when you had those big, uh, what do you want to call them, land cruisers that were there just full of steel. They're almost indestructible. It's a different kind of vehicle today, but there's still room for steel as long as you get in on the ground floor. If you expect they're going to include you just because of what they did in the past, that doesn't work. You've got to make your case with them and be there shoulder to shoulder during the research process.
0: What about the bailouts, Marvin, and even the union uh, and and money to research and development to keep this all alive? I mean, does that just buy you time? Does it buy you another ten years? Uh, yeah. what, what what do those? How should those people be feeling today?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that I chuckled there as you said that, but when we when we can a step forward and help both Chrysler and General Motors. Back in 2007, seven eight, when the recession was on, we said, there are some strings attached to this money. You know, we're just not bailing you out because we're nice guys. We need some guarantees. And so we got guarantees. They were 10-year guarantees. And let me think, 10 years plus 2009, oh, yeah, 2019, Yeah, it, that's when it ran out. And so they've lived up. Um, I, I get what people are saying. We've helped you out. But it doesn't get you an infinite guarantee of support. They're time limited. And again, I'm sorry to say it like this. We saw the same thing with U.S. Steel in Canada, uh, that they made certain pledges. The day those expired, they changed their direction on that. That tends to be what business does, simply because the business environment keeps moving. What people demanded at one time changes.
0: So not much the union and and government can do at this point. I mean, because this, you know, interesting when we have these discussions, it's sort of a bomb the first day. And then we go in and pick up the pieces and try to salvage what's left. But this appears to be a done deal.
1: In a way. So I think there are two things that government can do. The first is for the workers that are affected. I think, you know, it's like we always say during an emergency, our thoughts and prayers, our hopes and prayers. You know, clearly, uh, I know this isn't going to be the happiest Christmas, but people still do have a job. It's the Christmas of next year that's going to be sadder. So let's work with it, the province and the federal government to make sure those people get access to retraining dollars, uh, enhanced employment insurance benefits, et cetera. The longer-term question, and this is something that, again, both the province and the federal government have to do, is have that conversation with GM. First, then what are your plans? Uh, Are you planning to sell the plant? Could we work with you to maybe get somebody else? Maybe Toyota wants to expand in Canada, or maybe BMW would like to build a plant in Canada. Can we work with you to find a buyer for that facility and get it back into production? Or if your plan is to mothball, then what can we do to help you research and develop the next model of cars so that when you have those ready to go, you can consider this plant again? Those are the questions that we have to do, but they're not sexy. They don't lead to immediate changes. It's easier to, you know, to pound a table and tell you, you're not going to close this damn plant across my dead body. Yeah. It's a fun thing to say, but. That ship has really pretty much sailed, is now picking up the pieces and then planning for the future.
0: Uh, you brought up other companies. What about the auto industry in general in this province and in this country? What about the Hondas and Toyotas and such? I mean, could we see a mass exodus here, or is this the beginning of the end? Where, where does this leave the rest of the auto industry?
1: Well, we, we don't think that's going to happen, Scott. Now, of course, I, I don't, I'm not privy to all the internal information that they have. What we're seeing in these car companies is the day of the broad-based car company is a bit a uh, passe. So if you can think of Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler, they used to make a model of everything. You want a truck? we got a truck. You want a van? We've got a van. You want a small car, a big car, uh, even crazy things that aren't quite a car. We've got all of those things for you. If you look at their competitors, say the, the Japanese or the, the Germans, highly specialized. BMW does not try to be all things to all people. Uh, Mercedes-Benz does not try to be all things to all people and I think this is a, what we're seeing there, there's still market for these things there are more cars in Canada than there are people and we're still buying them and there's still really good sales numbers for the automotive sector it still is a major driver of our economy but our tastes as consumers change uh, in fact if I can give you a really good example it was about three years ago that temporarily oil shot up to $150 a barrel for a period of about six months, you couldn't get people to buy a pickup truck or an SUV because everyone was sensitive to those gas pump prices. Mm-hmm. Now look what's happened here in just the last month. Oil is trading around $50 a barrel. Your gasoline stations are advertising gas, get this, at below dollar a liter for regular gasoline. Mm-hmm. And we've forgotten all about fuel efficiency. Those SUVs and trucks are back in fashion, but those fuel-efficient cars aren't. We're a fickle group, we consumers. Uh, we, we're always sort of living in the moment. And these car companies, though, have to react to it. And So I think there's still room to sell cars. I don't think Toyota's in trouble. I saw the Cambridge plant earlier this year. It's, a, it's an absolute marvel. They make uh, Lexus there as well. I don't think they're in trouble. I don't think there's any mass exodus. But the day of the all-things-to-all-people car company, that day is probably getting past us.
0: How odd is it, ironic is it, that that GM is doing this to restructure, retool, uh, revamp how they head into the future uh, with research and development into electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles and such, yet here we are heading full bore into trucks and SUVs and getting rid of passenger cars?
1: Yeah, again, we do not think long-term. This is, if I, I can just jump away from cars for a second, it's like the whole question of climate change. I have more and more people say to me, well, you know, I'm not sure it's real, and it's not going to affect me anyway, so let's live for today, and if we all burn up tomorrow, so be it, but let's party for today. We, we are very short-sighted people. But just speaking about those autonomous vehicles, remember who's developing them. We're talking about Google getting into the car business. Yeah. We're talking about uh, Uber getting into the car business. There's a company in China called Waymo is going to get into the car business. Uh, so if I'm General Motors, I'm not just facing competition from the traditional car companies. Here are these new people and guess what? These new people have lots and lots and lots of money to throw at this. It's not like Marvin's doing something like the old Bricklin or the DeLorean trying to get a little car company from scratch in my basement. These could be very big players who can be very dramatic. And so I think again, I don't I don't blame GM Remember what they're trying to do is they want to keep the company healthy and solvent going forward so they can make those new cars. And I'd also say to you this, guy, people have said to me, well, why now? Why didn't you wait until January? Let people get through Christmas. My advice to companies always is the same. If you've got some news, as soon as you know it, be transparent. Tell the workers. Because we, we make choices, even during the holiday seasons, to go buying a new house or having another child. We need to know our future isn't as secure as we thought we, were, we thought it was. As quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, good point. And like anything, is there any is there ever a good time for uh, bad news? Um, what about Donald Trump's reaction to all of this and uh, his promises to Ohio? Don't sell your houses. The jobs are coming back, and and they get hit with the closure as well. How does Donald Trump position this?
1: Well, yesterday Donald Trump had another meltdown. He, as as Donald Trump can only do. Uh, he he, more or less said, I ordered General Motors to find replacements uh, vehicles to make in those plants and keep those plants open and keep those jobs because I promised those people those jobs were coming. He also yesterday took a took a swipe at Apple of all people. Um, he's thinking to help those poor people, maybe put a 10% tariff on iPhones and iMacs and all those sorts of good things. Uh, you know, he's he's apoplectic because Donald Trump. and This is what I've now become convinced views himself as emperor of the United States. Not president of the United States, and whatever I say, you should follow. He, he, again, he doesn't realize that General Motors is even bigger than he is in that situation. They, they aren't going to put product into plants and have people working making it if they can't sell it. It's just that simple.
0: So uh, he said something along the lines: if if they uh, if they get rid of this plant, they put in a better better put another one back in. Uh, is there right. politics? Or,
1: or, or if they're going to shut down production of these models, basically what? So just again to be clear, what General Motors has said to a number of plants is we have no product for you to make after December 2019. And the way they phrase it that way is now they have to go back to the collective bargaining when they say that to a factory and negotiate with the union how to wrap things up. They cannot announce the closure until they get union buy-in. But his answer was if you don't have product for, this, if you don't have this product for December 2019, find another one, keep that plant open. It's just not that simple.
0: Uh, What is, you you spoke of this earlier, what is the chance that something like an Oshawa is not sold and GM comes back to that? What's the option there? Do we know what their future is for that plant, that site?
1: Right. So I'm going to say that's not the craziest idea I've ever heard. Uh, Again, companies are often making strategy on a day-to-day basis. So at the moment, they don't have a replacement product. At the moment... They don't have something to make there. It is possible because we are giving you an announcement 14 months before it happens that over the course of the next year, something changes. And all of a sudden, hey, guess what? We need that plant. I know we said we didn't, but now change have changed and we've needed it. I've seen that happen as well when companies have announced layoffs looking eight, nine months in the road. And then when it actually happens, they say, well, we're still laying off, but only going to lay off half the number of people. Turns out we need the rest of you. That could happen, but the question for me still is fundamentally, uh, barring a big change in our demand for these Impalas and these uh, Cadillac XTSs, is what's that new car going to be that needs it? I think the more likely scenario is a shutdown and a mothballing, but then maybe in 2021 or twenty they've got something. Uh, Jerry Diaz would point out, and I would want to reinforce this, that that Oshawa plant topped the charts in GM plants in terms of things like productivity and, mm-hmm. and uh good good use of the workers and lack of sick days and what have you so again this is not a reflection on the workers it's a reflection of the product that they got assigned to make had they been assigned a more popular vehicle we wouldn't even be talking about this
0: so uh, after december of 2019 do they just shut the lights out lock the doors and just leave it sitting there
1: they could uh or they do they purge do the
0: equipment time. out of it what do they do <laughs>
1: Well, that was the other thing. They could just lock the doors, and that would be the case if you thought, well, six months to a year, and then maybe we'll come back and we'll take all that equipment and do something else. Or they might start shipping that equipment out. That would be a sign, a worse sign, if you will, because then you'd have just an empty shell of a building. Of course, at that point, it could be sold to anybody, but there'd be no technology inside. So we're going to have to watch and see what they do at that point. Are they reallocating it? Then that probably means production's not coming back. But if they simply mothball it, then maybe they could come back. We'll have to watch.
0: Uh, we, ta- we opened up this discussion talking about uh, w- whether this is more about the auto industry in this country or more about the the uh, health of General Motors. What about General Motors as a company in comparison to others? Where are they? How are they doing?
1: Well, when I was first uh, contacted about this rumor on Sunday, somebody, a nice reporter, actually said to me, the rumor is they're shutting down their entire operations in Canada, not simply Oshawa, but everything and i said that comes as a real surprise because gm is a healthy company it is profitable it is selling product um, so th- there's no reason to think that it's on death's door but i think what they've done is, is they've looked forward and said we need to be even healthier as we get ready for these new electric vehicles remember tesla Tesla's getting sales from somewhere if you're buying a tesla you're not buying something else so as they look at that and they look at those self-driving vehicles what they're trying to do is position themselves, basically to create a war chest in the savings, so then they've got some money they can spend on other directions. So it's a healthy company. I would tell you it's probably the second healthiest of the three. Ford is probably <coughs> excuse me, the absolute healthiest, as I cough at you. Ford is the absolute healthiest. GM is probably second, and Chrysler is in the worst of the positions at the moment.
0: So could you see them selling this property? Because it would be extremely valuable, No.
1: Yes, I can see them selling it at some point. And that's, again, a conversation that the province and the federal government should have. If if you have no intention for this plant after 2019, if this is not a mothballing but an absolute dismantling, can we work with you to find somebody else? It's a bit like the story we had here in Hamilton with all that land that Stelco was sitting on. We were going to work with the land co. The city of Hamilton was going to work with the land co that owned that to see if we could find some productive use. Don't build warehouses on it. Don't just let it sit fallow. Let's have some other companies locate there and, and create jobs and create taxes, etc. With that, to our shock, uh, Stelco bought that land back. So again, it's sitting fallow. But we have to believe that Stelco thinks they've got some long-term use. That's what we have to hang our hat on. Here again, GM is not obligated to sell the land. They could just hold it forever in a day. But the hope is, if you don't have a productive use in the near term. Let's help you find a more productive use for that space.
0: Marvin Ryder has been with us, business professor at the Groot School of Business, McMaster University. Marvin, as always, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on 900 CHML.